Hello and welcome back to Jake's World, episode 57 of Jake's World, presented by the Nuance Magazine. I'm your host, Jake Sawinski, and today is Wednesday, February 10th. Oh, big weekend for the big game, right? It's always a big weekend for the big game, but the big game itself... That was a big letdown. Um, it was really strange because I don't think we've seen as hyped up of a Super Bowl that we have in a long time. I mean, just with everything going on in <clears throat> excuse me today's world, um, a lot of people are kind of tuning in sports, right? Because there's not really a whole lot of other things you can go do I mean you can't just go live your normal normal life a lot of people are cooped up they watch sports or tv whatever right so a lot of attention and it's the Super Bowl too there's always a shit ton of attention in the Super Bowl and um you know it was just it was different this year with you know no media day um the two teams weren't in the they weren't in Tampa for the whole week like uh Kansas City had to fly in a couple days before. There were some headlines, you know, leading up to the game and the day before the game, which I'll get into because everything surrounding the game and everything during the performance of the game or the actual game itself was more important than the game itself because this game was a huge letdown. Um, you have the best offense in football being the Kansas City Chiefs come out and they lay a clunker. A clunker. Um, I've seen, well, <clears throat> trying to think, all but three Super Bowls. Since my like, I've watched them every year I could that I can remember ever since I was like age, what four, five. <clears throat> Tom Brady winning his first one was the first one I remember. And that was in, what, 2001? You know, he replaces Drew Bledsoe halfway through the season. And um, naturally, the rest is history. Um, I'm trying to think. That's probably as bad. Not the worst, but it was just about as bad of quality of a game for one team that I've seen, right? There were some clunker Super Bowls. Um <clears throat> the f one that the Broncos beat the Seahawks in. Or did the Seahawks win that one? I'm trying to remember. No, the Seahawks beat the Broncos. That was a bad Super Bowl. Well, it was close at least. Um, the Rams, Patriots won. Brady's last ring in New England. That was a clunker. Um... This one was the second worst I've seen. And I'm trying to think. There aren't too many other notable <clears throat> notable ones that were uh, really, really bad. Uh, the Bears got the shit kicked out of them. 2005, 2006, whatever year that was. Um, we just happened to miss the like two of the three best ones because of football practice. Two of them. We, I missed the 28-3 comeback and then the Philly barn burner. Which is unfortunate. Thanks, Coach Brzezek. But, um, 
I mean, it was just really frustrating because, like I said, you have the best offense in the league and kind of the best story in sports. One of them, at least, with Tom Brady. You know, what, sixth-round draft pick? And now he's got the second most um, of the four major sports, or team sports, champ- second most championships of all time. I mean, maybe some of Bill Russell's teammates won more than seven championships, but Bill Russell's 11, like, don't even count. Like, in the modern sports world, like, this is the best story of winning aside from maybe Michael Jordan, right? So you have that storyline. And just a prolific offense versus, you know, Tom Brady playing better as of late. All those weapons, another formidable offense. And it just was a big letdown. And that's the one team you didn't really expect to have that with, right? Pat Mahomes has lost, I think, 10 games in his professional career. It's his fourth season, his third season playing. He's lost, That was, I think that was his ninth or 10th professional loss. He played well. The stats don't really show it, but he played out of his mind. Um, it doesn't help having, you know, two tackles on the offensive line out. I think one tore his ACL or his Achilles in the AFC Championship game against the Bills. That was talked about leading up to the game. You knew they had to make an adjustment. They didn't make a great one. Then <clears throat> the wide receivers didn't come to play either. I mean, Tyreek Hill was a non-factor. Travis Kelsey was a non-factor. I think they stated, you know, the way they were playing defense, they kind of they didn't really give them space to, you know, turn the Jets on and get open. But, I mean, when you have two drop touchdown passes that don't materialize into anything, it's really tough to blame anyone else. I mean, I don't know. It was just weird. It was a weird game. Like, I just wasn't vested into it, you know, it's, what was the score at halftime? 24 to 9. And that's by no means over at that point, but it seemed like it was. Like Kansas City just couldn't do anything to get going. Defense didn't play all that well. Um, the punter, I forget his name, but the punter was horrid. He was bad. I think he's a rookie too, and he just had the yips. Like you could tell he was bad. I, that has to be like the first game that Pat Mahomes has played without scoring a touchdown or in the in the game, not himself, but you know, throwing a touchdown or having a touchdown in the game. Like it was just an outlier performance for the Chiefs and I don't know, it was hard to be emotionally invested in it or even just watching it. Like you were bored watching it. It was just miscue, miscue, miscue. But you don't want to take that away from Tampa Bay either because they played so well on defense. Like Tom Brady won his fifth Super Bowl MVP, but if they could give a trophy out to a coach, Todd Bowles was the Super Bowl MVP. What that guy did this season was incredible, especially in the you know in the playoffs and the weeks leading up to the playoffs. Byron Leftwich is their OC. He and Tom Brady worked really well together, especially as the season progressed. 
Bruce Arians kind of took a back seat and just let Tom do his thing. You could tell. It worked. Um, Leonard Fournette had a pretty good game. Antonio Brown got a touchdown. It just seemed like the Chiefs didn't have an answer, and it it's almost like that Packers situation, right? You know, the Packers get down big, and they look to Aaron Rodgers for answers, and sometimes he doesn't have the answers. And then they just roll over. It almost looked like the same thing happened on Sunday, right? From what bits of the game I remembered. I was kind of in and out of the game. Wasn't watching all that closely. Just because it was hard to. And it just seemed like any time the Chiefs were in a position to do anything, they shot themselves in the foot. I'm talking offensively. Defensively, it didn't seem like they had much of an answer either. Um. It was was weird. It was really weird to see because that's a Chiefs. We've never seen that happen out of the KC team. And this is kind of where I want to get into some of the stuff leading up to uh, before the game. COVID was definitely an impact. Not for one team, but both teams. Definitely both teams. Um. And for a multitude of reasons, it hurt some te- It hurt the teams in some way. It helped them in others, right? Um, they couldn't. I think I said this already, but they couldn't. Kansas City couldn't even get down to Florida until I think they left Friday or Saturday. They were only in town for a few days. Typically, you get there a week early. You do media day stuff. You know, you're doing practices. You're resting up you're scheming and I mean you can do all those things over the computer you know the scouting and the coaching sessions and the film you can do that on a computer but it's not the same as doing it as a group you can't replicate that and I think that hurt Casey a little bit Um, I mean does Tampa Bay having the first ever home Super Bowl. It's kind of weird. They were a road team, technically, at their home stadium. Does playing that game in Tampa help them? Oh, absolutely. That wasn't a COVID thing, though. That's just the way the cards kind of played out. Um, COVID, with the fan situation, this could have been even worse. Right? I mean... Tampa playing in their home stadium with 75,000 people as opposed to 22,000 or whatever the number was. It could have been way worse for Kansas City if they came prepared the same way. Um, more of a sad story, but um, Britt Reed was a linebacker's coach, Andy Reed's son. He got in trouble the Saturday before the game started. He hit two kids. He's driving his car. And, uh, he had a couple drinks, and I think it was an Adderall subscription. I think he's in whatever. It doesn't matter what it was. But do you think that, you know, not so much the players, but Andy Reid, do you think that affected his ability to, you know, be 100% focused on the game? I'd say so, rightfully so, even if it's not your son, it's a coach on your staff. And 
a key part of that staff because the linebackers are important. It's a defensive position, especially a position that they have not been fantastic in over the last few years. Um, it's just weird because even if that didn't happen, I still don't think it would have impacted the outcome of the game. But it was just... I don't know. It was so like the best part of the game seemed to be after Brady scored that or threw that touchdown pass Antonio Brown or whoever it was right before the half. Um, he's getting in Tyron Matthews' face and chirping him, and they're going back and forth. I mean, that seemed like to be the most exciting part of the game, aside from the beginning. You know, when the game was still in hand, but the outcome wasn't. When the outcome was still in doubt. I don't know. It's just, it was really even hard to talk about it today because one, it's three days after everybody else has talked about it, and two, it's like you try to watch it and form takes and you know have some intelligent analysis. And I was just kind of lost for words because I don't really have anything. I mean, it was just a lackluster product this year, and it's no fault of the NFL. I mean, it's a miracle that they were able to even get it this far with COVID like seemingly peaking right when the season started and then you have blips and you have problems all the way throughout. It's good that it happened, but it just seemed like this was what, aside from maybe KC and Green Bay, this this seemed like the, it's a perfect story for the NFC. And then the AFC, you have the clear favorite and then they just don't show up. It was, it was it was just it was tough it's tough to get into but thankfully there were some other things that happened even during the course of the game that made it a little more exciting right um i won't have too much to say about this but i thought i'd bring it up um so i feel like it's pretty polarizing too um the halftime show that was really fucking weird it was really weird. I like the weekend. I mean, he's got some cool tunes. Um, I like how he played some of his hits. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have a halftime performance where they come out and play some of these weird songs. You know, some of their unpopular stuff, or they're almost promoting some of their new stuff. And like the weekend didn't do that. That was really cool. Like I remember um, the Hills and Can't Feel My Face off that. Uh, was that album called like beauty behind the madness or something it's like five years ago it came out six years ago it came out maybe a little before that but like i was a freshman in college cool memories right you know you're blacked out in a basement somewhere (laughs) but um it, it was cool that he actually played good like his good songs i mean he has a two year world tour coming up that he's planning for like 2022 and he's not promoting all of his new stuff entirely, except for that uh, Blinding Light song, which that's not a bad song, anyways. But um, him in the room, or like you know, the camera shot of him like spiraling around, making the weird face. That meme was like an instant meme, and like the Bernie one was funny for about an hour until it got annoying, and then the internet just ruined it. That's normal though, because people think they're funny and they're really not doesn't help that, like, you know, you have those accounts on Twitter that go viral and then, like, 18 different accounts 
post the same thing. They all go viral, so you see the same fucking thing 18 times. It's really annoying, but whatever. It was fine. Um, the mask thing on the field was strange, but I don't know. Like, I wasn't mad. I mean, it definitely wasn't as good as J-Lo and Shakira last year. But, I don't know, it was just aesthetically kind of strange, too. He had all the doubles and the masks and the red suit. Kind of looked like Hall of Fame jackets, too. Don't know if that was intentional or not. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was okay. I mean, sometimes you, like, I don't know, didn't, like, Coldplay do it one year? Those aren't ones you get excited for. You didn't see Janet Jackson's boob, either, but... I'm glad I didn't see the weekend's boop. Um, yeah, I don't know. You saw a streaker. That was really cool. That's actually a cool, cool little story, too. Um, I got a webs page pulled up. Let me go to it real quick. Um, this headline was written today at 1.20. Now, this is like a question that our group chat had after the game or the day after the game, with what would happen to this guy. So let me read the whole story. Um, close off. Mouth shut may have been more profitable for Yuri Andrade, the Super Bowl 2021 streaker. Bovada is investigating irregular wagers made on the possibility of a fan streaking during the Super Bowl. Andrade had bragged to a Tampa Bay radio station that he and his friends placed bets on Bovada. It's a gambling platform. After they hatched their streaking plan, Andre, I think that's his name, Andre, I'm not really sure, and it doesn't really matter, who made his move toward the end of the fourth quarter, claimed he and his pals profited $374,000 off the stunt. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to get into the whole backstory. This was a quick snippet of that they were looking into it. Um, this guy bet like $50,000 that uh, there would be a streaker on the field, right? Maybe it wasn't that much. I'm not quite sure of the I thought it was fifty thousand dollars was the wager he put down and then it's almost like insider gambling, right? Where uh you put a bet down and then you're the guy who actually goes out and does the streaking. <laughs> I mean plus six hundred for a streaker. I mean I think I saw that he had to pay a thousand dollars and for bond or for his uh for his bail. And, uh, I mean, would you go streaking for $373,000 if nothing really, really bad came out of it? I mean, this happens often. Maybe not streaking, but at least people on the field. It happens in baseball games often because getting on the field isn't hard. Right? Players go into the stands to catch baseball sometimes. Like, it's not that hard. I mean, look at how big of a fan experience that, like, in baseball games, you have instances going back years about players being a part of the game, and I think that's, I think the MLB intentionally does that. But, um, it's not uncommon, so, I mean, can the charges really be all that serious? I mean, maybe it's Florida, for one, so it shouldn't surprise you. But, two, I'm not even sure what the penalty is for streaking if you have to do like a little jail stint or if it's just a misdemeanor and you pay a big fine I don't really know I'm genuinely curious to find out what happens with that but I mean it was probably the most actual entertaining aspect of the whole football game and um 
Yeah, it was strange. So, I don't know. Um, the last thing I do want to talk about, I mean, I'm not going to do a ton of rambling on this show. I'm fucking really tired, and I feel so out of place because I took the day after. Well, okay, well, that leads me to two things. The day after the Super Bowl should be a holiday. Should be a holiday, 100%. Who wants to go to work Monday hungover? Or at least, like, tired. You know, you eat snack foods all day long. Or you go to a bar. Or you hang out with your friends. Why the hell would it, should anyone have to go to work without taking a vacation day the next day? Cruel and unusual punishment. It's, it's like the 4th of July. If the 4th of July falls on a Saturday, you get a holiday on the Friday. If you don't, quit your job. Um, Black Friday, holiday is a Thursday. If you don't get Friday off, quit your job. Um, Just, like, make it a residual day off, just like those other holidays you get. Super Bowl's played every year. What's the, what's the big deal? Or, I heard this on a podcast... Why don't they just push it back a week and then play it the weekend of President's Day? Most people get President's Day off. I actually don't get President's Day off. Or not, maybe not. Whatever. Yeah, President's Day, Martin Luther King Day is in January. Make it a holiday. It should be. It's probably the most celebrated game in sports. Kind of a no-brainer there to me. But, um, last thing I want to talk about is, like, the sports media coverage of Super Bowl is absolutely absurd. Um, like I said, I did take Friday off, so I was able to watch a little bit of first take, right? Um, Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, used to be Skip Bayless. It's like the flagship talk show of ESPN. The things they talk about on that show... It shows you how bad ESPN's hurting for talent and originality, right? Because it, 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 it can't even limit it to ESPN. It's every news program, every sports talk show, every sports journalist, every talking head in media likes to do these crazy legacy debates and, you know, this, this, hot takes, hot takes. I guess that's just kind of what it comes down to now because that's what people want to hear. They don't want to hear, you know, intelligent, coherent, thought out, actually makes sense opinions like I give. Sometimes I like to give hot takes, but they're usually jokes. But um, it just seems like a softball almost to these guys to, like, talk about Pat Mahomes and his legacy. Like, what are you talking about? Pat Mahomes is 26 years old. Maybe. It's his fourth professional season. He sat behind Alex Smith his first year. And this is his third season of being a starter in the NFL. And you're already talking about this guy's legacy? Oh, he's he can't catch. It's gonna be so hard to talk or catch Tom Brady now. He's got seven rings, and you had an opportunity to gain one on him directly, and now you have to get seven more. 
No one's doing that again. No one is ever going to eclipse the accomplishments on the field that Tom Brady did or on the court that Michael Jordan did or on the ice that Wayne Gretzky did or on the greens like Tiger Woods or what the Yankees did in the 1920s and 30s with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig and Yogi Berra and Joe DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle. No one's doing that again. Nobody. It's not close. Like LeBron James is the next comparable athlete and he has a sub-500 record in championship games or series for basketballs case and purpose right it's just not going to be replicated and I don't know why the media I do know why it's because they don't have anything else to talk about and that's what people are interested in hearing because it's ridiculous it's totally intentional it's the same thing that regular news outlets do it's the same thing but it's just so it just I'm mostly just venting but it just it seems so absurd to place these unreasonable and staggeringly impossible odds on a young player whose career's just started. He's not even a quarter of the way through his career yet. There's so much more he can still accomplish in the football in the International Football League. And you're thrusting this weight upon him. Like he actually gives a fuck for one. I mean, I shouldn't say that. He does. I mean, he wants to be the best he can be. But, like, nobody in their right mind is like, oh, I am going to accomplish what Tom Brady does. Winning seven championships isn't even on his radar. I'd be very surprised if it was. Because it's impossible. It's never going to happen. Tom Brady has played in, what, 19, or 19% of all Super Bowls? He won his seventh. He lost three. 55 Super Bowls. Trying to do math. Yeah, it's a little less than 20%. Yeah, because 10 and 1 at 6 would be 16. Yeah, 18, 19%. 18. It ain't happening. It's not happening. You know, going into it, maybe this is why. Maybe I just kind of figured it out in my own head. The team you had was a super team, and you just lost. Handily. I think maybe that was a part of it. You know, that the X factor was that talented team he had right now. And they got dummied. I think everyone assumed that... You know, Kansas City would come in and take care of business, and they didn't. They didn't dominate last year either. I think you're thrusting this weight upon the wrong person. If anyone's talented enough to do it, it's him, because he's so young and he's doing unprecedented things in the league. But it's not just him. Tom Brady makes everyone around him better. Better than anyone else does. 
you can't take over a football game like Michael Jordan can take over a basketball game or Kobe Bryant can take over a basketball game. It's a totally different game. Even hockey. I mean, the major- you have played with four li- forward lines. The majority of your work gets done in the first and second line. They don't play the whole time, though. They play 20, forwards play 20 to 25 minutes a game, the good ones. And look at the best talent in the league now, Connor McDavid. The Oilers suck, and they're loaded still. They don't suck right now. They're playing very well. But he's been on a team loaded with picks, and they still sucked. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, have all been on that team or are on that team right now. And they stink. They have. They're, like I said, they're off to a good start now. They got bounced by Chicago last playoffs in the bubble. But up to that point, you have one of the most skilled forward groups in the league and you stink. It's not about talent. It's about leadership and everything coming together being well coached there's so many things that go into it and what I'm trying to say is Tom Brady does it like no other what's his biggest vice that he wore Ugg boots like 15 years ago and he sun kissed he mouth kissed his son once like the guy is so dedicated to football in such a psychopathic way and he lets nothing else in that there's no one else who can want to do it like he does he's 43 and he's still playing relatively well I mean several weeks ago I said he's looked bad when there was a few week stretch where Tom Brady did look bad but he adjusted to it like he always has it's like I just don't think it's fair to compare anybody to that guy like Michael Jordan was a psychopath he was a winner through and through Probably the best competitor in sports history. But he had vices and he had other things that occupied his time. He had other interests, other hobbies. He was a leader, but his inspiration was often detrimental to the chemistry of the team. Tom Brady's not like that at all. So, I don't know. I just don't think it's fair for these media guys to project their takes onto players like that. And I'm probably saying that for no reason because those guys probably don't even care. But fans do. Fans eat it up. And I don't know. I'm sad to see football go, like always. It's my favorite sport to watch. It's just hockey now until baseball starts. I don't get into basketball. I follow it, but it's like I don't like the NBA. That's not a surprise to anyone. But hopefully next year's Super Bowl will be a little more entertaining for the right reasons. So that's enough rambling about the big game. So you guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Jake Sawinski8 at J-A-K-E-S-A-W-I-N-S-K-I-8. I hope you did enjoy that interview with Paul last week. I had a good time talking about some stock stuff. 
speaking of stocks, is kind of all mellowing out a little bit, and the Reddit stream or the Reddit stocks have kind of rotated from, you know, the dying short interest stocks, and they've moved into pot stocks. So, uncharted waters, I guess. I don't know. Um, yeah, that about does it. If you know someone who wants to have a conversation. If you want to have a conversation, reach out. Talk to you guys next time. Peace.